0: Barney and Friends Barney Simon Jacaranda FM
1: You make a fantastic decision as an umpire and it's just part of your job. You make a bad decision yeah. and you are the worst thing on that field. So, you know, it's a tough job and, you know, I, I take my hats off. And, and I think, you know, to be fair, I agree with what he says there that, you know, Um, Umpires don't get the respect of what they deserve nowadays, especially at the lower levels. You know, people must still remember that, you know, they are only human and they can make mistakes, and they don't Mm. do it on purpose. And you know, they do. They should get a bit more respect. But also in the old days, no TMO, so they had one decision to
0: make, and everybody just went, okay, that's it. He's got one chance at that umpire, right? And and I know if if you bowl as well, and you know, um, you know, I actually he is out. You know that, and umpire says no, he's not. Uh, or the other way around. I mean, how do you feel
1: about that, that, that decision without yeah. going crazy and attacking the umpire? <laughs> it is tough because in that moment, you know, it's a competitive sport and, and you know, you know you, you've you got him out and the umpire turns you down and, you know, sometimes you do get a bit hot-headed and you, you might say something that you that you don't mean you, you actually regret afterwards. But, you know, i I found, to be honest, that the amount of times that an umpire makes a decision against you He'll make one for you, also. Mm. You know, so don't you know? Don't always remember the the unlucky ones. Remember the lucky ones that you got. Also, I love these new uh, wickets. The so lights flash.
0: I mean, who That's came amazing. up with that idea? They should do it with uh, uh, when you play at Loftus uh, against the Sharks. <laughs> they don't need a TMO because that guy was useless. They should do that with the poles. So if the ball goes over the poles, flash. It's just an idea, you know. Or when they kick the ball out the the the, the line, a red light should flash. Then uh, they'll know exactly where to stand with a flag because they always
1: get it wrong, don't they? Exactly. That's, I mean, you got in tennis, you got the the service line technology yeah. when the ball's there it beeps. You know, I, I've always said, like in cricket or in you know, like if the ball's out or if you overstep with a no ball, why can't they bring in that mm. technology? You know, mm-hmm. people demand perfection nowadays, mm. so I'm sure someone can do something with yeah. that. Um, let's have a look
0: here. Ufen, um, uh, David the management, funny Titans uh, and the CEO there and. Uh, the um, the management of the Titans, are you enjoying it
1: there? Uh, have you guys got a good vibe there? Yeah, I mean, I'm not just going to say this now because you know it's my home team and I've mm. always just been there. But you know, we we really have fantastic support staff. You know, the CEO a new CEO by us, Jock Fall. He's been there for two, three years now, and you know he's been fantastic. Just a lot of new initiatives, and you know, it's 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 difficult. With ClickIt now because, uh, the, you know, the cloud attendance, everything has been that good over the past few years. So you've got to find other ways to try and make income also. And he's been fantastic with his business ventures and everything. And, you know, and then our coach, our assistant coach, support staff, fitness trainer, physios, everyone's just, you know, such an awesome vibe. Mm-hmm. And you do, you know, we, we always, you know, hashtag Titans family and all of that stuff. And But it is like that, you know, you spend mm-hmm. so much time with the people that, you know, they do become a little bit of a family. Yeah, it's a lot like the Lions, which I've experienced a bit over the uh, past couple of years or so, uh,
0: afterwards, after the match, in the presidential suite, they allow me in there with a T-shirt on. Beautiful. <laughs> they sneak me in. But uh, just a vibe, Kevin Declark and the players and the respect. Your game's over and now we're a happy family. It, it, it's an amazing, you know, you're out there, you have to win. But even if you lose, it's not about that. It's like, keep that whole thing going. And
1: on Monday, you start all over again, right? But that's what sport can do with people. That's the thing. No matter where you come from or you know, what your background is, it's just the mutual respect for the game. It just unites you. Okay, uh, here's one more coming in here. Um, <laughs> I knew
0: this was going to happen. A couple of flashes going on there. Yeah, they're flashing you. So I don't <laughs> have to ask this question and, and I wasn't going to do this. Uh, Barney asked David whether his family of Corbus former rugby player. Please, Loretta and Pretoria.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get that one a lot. Uh, um, to be honest with you, there is the whole far down the line, second cousins, aunts, uncle, but that's very far. We we I would say no, we're not we're not family at all, no. and Can't then, do, claim that and, and Have you met Cubis? Does he know you? Um I haven't met him before. I've like I've been a fan of his so I've seen him at like the airport and you go like stand next to him and just <laughs> see what a monster of a man he actually is. Yeah. But no, I've never met him before. You
0: must follow him on Twitter.
1: he a good one. Yeah, brilliant. He's very a outspoken. I hmm. vat nie nonsense nie. Well, if I was that big, I also wouldn't.
0: <laughs> okay, so yeah, get those SMS's in. You could win that autographed at T-shirt 37942. it the a one round fifty. David Wisse, my in-studio guest, nice SMS's coming in yeah. David, him with your toekomst and cricket and him met your loo but By the Titans, one van die da, them shall your captain of the Proteus weas. And our folks by the and Gerard van Groblersdal. You've got a big fan there, huh? Thank you, Gerard.
1: Yeah, uh, Groblersdal, that's also a nice neck of my woods there. Really? He spent a lot of time there playing cricket and everything over there, yeah. Good oh. people out of that place. Got, met some nice friends there. Great.
0: So, then um, from high school, you had to decide, listen, uh, I can't just play, as you said, uh, cricket, you need something to fall back
1: on, so you wanted to go and study. Which varsity do you go to? I went to uh, Tux University for the tour there. Yeah. So did you go there, a bursary, to play cricket as well? Not at all, no. Oh, really? um, to be honest with you, I kind of stayed out of school. You know, you have this notion of going overseas and wanting to go play there and everything. And I, you know, I kind of wanted to go to England and go play there a little bit, just mm. you know, club cricket, get some experience, all of that stuff. And my folks just didn't want any of that. They told me straight, listen, yeah, you will go to university <laughs> and you will get a degree behind your name. We will support you as much as you want after that, but you will go and get a degree behind your name. And that's, that is probably the best advice that I ever got in my life. But were there any scouts out there? I'm sure there were when you were in matric or whatever. They watched you play and they said, well,
0: let's, do you want to come to Stellenbosch? Uh, there are always those cricket scouts, like the rugby scouts as well.
1: Yeah, I mean when you play in the national weeks, you know, you've you've got the the scouts and the, you know, selectors, all of that stuff. But you know, again, who's gonna come watch the game for Mpumalanga, you know? Mm. Who who cares about playing you know, who plays from Mpumalanga? So, you know, it was always there were scouts but they always used to watch the the Gauteng against the Northerns mm. and, you know, all of those big teams, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is sad, but uh if you look at what's going on there now with their rugby, uh most of the provinces are the big uh uh, it's like Western Province and uh, the Sharks now and the Lions, they're buying those players and even the Bulls. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's it's, it's like, I suppose if you look at uh, the Cheetahs, great college, all those kids, mm. you know, they the play for the Cheetahs. Sport. And then they've got nobody there that's famous. And all of a sudden, all these Cheetahs players, they buy them. So I think it's, it's starting to happen with rugby now, Mpumalanga mm. or whatever. So hopefully yeah. with cricket as well, that'll happen.
1: I must say there has been a couple of... Um Pumalanga guys who were in Plymouth school there and then they get bought at Vardecloof Office, you know like Heino uh, Kuhn plays for the Titans or so he comes from Barberton and then went to Uffis. little fun Mava also comes from Whitbank and then went to Vardecloof so yeah it, it's starting to happen with the, with the bigger schools uh, Your first year at Varsity do you remember anything? Yeah I, <laughs> I do I remember it was a, a big city that I, that, I, that I came to and yeah it was good fun because the first year, I mean, you don't study, right? It's parties and meeting girls and jawling in the rags and this and that. And yeah, again, like like I said, you know, like failing wasn't an option for me. It, mm. it was it was it was a bit of partying, good fun, and all that stuff. But you know, I I went to go study become accounting. I didn't graduate that, but I, but I started off with that. So you know, I knew it was going to be tough and hard work. So there was a little bit of partying, but also I knew that mm. you know I had to knuckle down and focus. Did you stay in the hostel? No, I didn't. I had my own place, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Like from primary school already, well, high school really, that discipline kicked in and you wanted to do something with your life. And I think it's got a lot to do with uh, your teachers and your parents. Mm. I mean, they're still behind you and uh, the discipline is there. And look at you today. I mean, if, if something happens to you, God forbid, uh, that you can't continue your cricket career. You've got something else and, and, and that's a good lesson for a lot of people uh, in sport, youngsters getting involved in sport because if you look at some of the guys now in their 30s and 40s, mm. one injury and they've only got or there's nothing else they can do, then they become uh, commentators for television. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Joel <laughs> Strang. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> But, but uh, you know, no. um, you don't want to end up like that really. You know what I mean? So, uh, no, at least you've is, got that uh, which
1: is nice. No, it is a scary thought. I mean, there can only be so many coaches and, you know, that, that's the easiest thing to go into after being a player is going coaching. But, you know, it's its tough. I've seen a lot of guys after, after the sport, you know, not really know what they're going to do. And, and I must say, over the past few years, um, we have the South African Cleeters Association. And they've been fantastic with this initiative where they, they kind of like you know if you want to go study they get you bursaries and you know a lot of guys studying through Unisa and they they really like you know pushing for the guys to get something behind their name because you know it, it is important and it's a tough world out there when you you know finish playing you're out the spotlight and then all of a sudden you got to find a job and be mm-hmm. a nine to five working person or work for SuperSport <laughs> you could do that too
0: Quiver's <laughs> visa <Are> you're listening. <laughs> But Kuibis did well with these restaurants and stuff. I mean, yeah. Do you remember 1995,
1: Ellis Park, when we won the World Cup? Where were you? Uh, We were still staying in Stanerton then. Um, I remember watching the game, and then I remember immediately after the game. Uh, we went to the shops quickly to go buy some more cool drink or something. I'd put I I Come
0: on, they were beers.
1: No, uh, it could have <laughs> been. Maybe a little bit of coke for the for them, you know, the mix. But I I eight, yeah, wrong. I just remember, you know, driving in those streets and just yelling the cars hooting yeah. and flags flying out the window and you know, and and you knew that, uh, you know, it was a special day. How old were you?
0: Oh, I was ten. Ninety five, yeah, I was ten. Sure. And just watching that and, and you know, also you saw the green and gold. You know, and you saw Springbok rugby and you saw sport. And uh, did that also give you a little bit of, I want to be like that one day?
1: Yeah, it definitely did. I think, um, you know, especially just coming back into international sport back then, you know, what, you know, that 95 World Cup did for us. You know, it, it made you believe again that, that, you know, South Africa can be one of the top sporting nations. And, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of young kids will look back at that day and decide, you know, that's the day that I, that I wanted to be a springbok or I wanted mm. to be, you know, represent your country. Because I mean, I remember, you know, them singing the national anthem and that plane flying over the stadium. You know, I'm actually getting goosebumps thinking <laughs> of it now again. You know, mm. it's, it's just, you know, you, we South Africans, we are proud of our country and, you know, you just, you know, you want that experience. What did you think of um,
0: Francois Pinar as a captain, as a leader, and then that connection with Nelson Mandela as well?
1: I think, you know, I said earlier on, you know, I respected Hansi Kroenier and then looked up to him as the type of leader that he was. But, you know, Francois was, he, he's phenomenal. Uh, what he did for the sport and for South Africa in general and to, you know, bring the country together like that mm. and, you know, the, the relationship that he had with, with the late Madiba, it's, you know, it, it basically defined what the rainbow nation was. Now, the rise or fall of Hansi Crenier,
0: um you're going to end up in that situation, hopefully not one day, where somebody's going to say, or well, maybe you have. So, listen, um, uh, miss uh, five wides or whatever or, you know, don't bat too well. I mean, and obviously, you've been trained and your coaches and the, the whole of South Africa now, the coaches, they know. They, you've been conditioned yeah. um, not to even think about something like that. Your whole career will go down and, and it's – what, I mean, it's going to happen. Somebody's going to come up to you somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> and they're going to go or phone you or whatever. Yeah. And you're going to go, it's very tempting. But on the other hand, look what happened. I mean, was that yeah. a big lesson for you? What happened to Hansian?
1: I think it was a big shock, first of all. You know, like I said, it was my idol. You know, I, I, I looked up. At him, you know, I, I really enjoyed the way the, the type of person that he was, you know, mm. honest person, everything. And, you know, it, it was a shock, but I think that it was also a bit of an eye opener to, you know, actually what does go on behind the scenes. Barney and Friends, Barney Simon.